0: Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Cavs Corner Conversations. This is Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, coming to you live from the palatial Franklin States in the west end of Richmond, where it is Tuesday, July the 2nd. We have gotten into the month of July, which means football is right around the corner. I, I decided to give Dave and Ferber the week off, um, or they gave themselves the week off. I don't know how you how you spin that. Um, and I decided to reach out to a good friend of mine to, to record this week's conversation, um, you know, Preseason football will be here before we know it um, My guess with UVA opening the season on August the 31st That practice will start sometime around the very start of August uh, And so even though we haven't gotten that communication yet from UVA That's my my thought going into it so, Which means we're only a few weeks away From dudes actually playing real football that seems to matter um, And I wanted to reach out to Ahmad Hawkins The ball hawk as you know and love him uh, Former player UVA One of the best uh, voices on UVA that, that's out there. Um always a good guest to have on the show. You can follow him on Twitter at IAMBallHawk. Ballhawk. You can also check out his podcast, the Ballhawk podcast, on I guess all of the different apps of choice. Ballhawk, how you doing, brother?
1: I'm doing well, brother. How you doing?
0: I'm doing pretty well, man. I appreciate your time. Um I like I said, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the, the season because in the aftermath of the national championship game in, in in basketball and then you know with spring football and then there was the, the lacrosse championship it feels like last season or the last sports season never really stopped. It's just sort of, um, you know, there was a there was this weird sort of postseason bridge right through the 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 doldrums of the off season. I mean, it's a it's a very different thing than it was after the UMBC loss when you know you wanted to talk about literally anything else. Um, mm-hmm. But I almost it's it's weird that like it feels like, and I again this is July the second, right? But it almost feels like. That the, that the season is creeping up on us. And I don't know if you had that same feeling or not, but I started going through doing this series called Looking Ahead, where I look at each position and kind of break down what the situation is. And it's not necessarily that people aren't into it. It's just like um, there just seems to be a different sort of um, maybe vibe right now than maybe I thought. I thought people would be chomping at the bit for the season to get started. And it feels almost like – I don't want to say that folks are tired, right? But it just seems like maybe um, – they're trying to pack in all of the offseason in a small amount of time. What's your sort of excitement level about going into the season? And, and have, have we gotten to the place yet where you start to get excited?
1: Yeah, I, I think the thing with Virginia fans right now has been a lot of excitements post You know, our bowl game in which we defeated South Carolina. Then you have our basketball team winning the national championship. Then you look at all the other sports being so successful um, I think it's like you said they they're just taking a break and trying to trying to recharge the battery because the program has been so very successful our lacrosse team won a national championship also so um, it just speaks volumes to the student athletes that walk that campus and um, it just shows that our athletic department has been pretty much keeping us afloat like the other I always say the other sports because we always look at the big two you know football and basketball right, right. baseball won a national championship not too long ago but um, that just lets you know that our sports program as a whole has been doing very well. It just helps when one of the big, when the big sports that has the most visibility, does well, yeah. and it has you reflect on the other sports. So um, I like to always give esports praise because I didn't only play football; I ran track also. True, so true. I know what it is. Just coming from the one of the big sports, then running track, how I was looked at as far as all the luxuries that I had compared to what they had but our fans is gearing up and lo and behold everybody has a little bit of calls to pause with our, our football team because they don't want to get overly excited because <laughs> they don't want to jinx us <laughs> also t- yeah that's true so.
0: <laughs> that's right the superstition is still there even though you know you go out have the season they had last year which you know as we look back on it like, it wasn't perfect, right? Like, I I know sometimes I look at that because the last taste in your mouth was that beat down in South Carolina, and, you know, they recruited a high level, they had a nice recruiting class, and, like, yeah. you know, you're getting Bryce back for a year, Bryce Hall decides to come back for a year, they don't lose a lot of different, you know, guys at different positions, and you have to just assume, like, oh, you know what, you know, from year one to year two, everything went up, from year two to year three, things went up. So now the question is, can they keep that up? I, I look at it, and I think, there were some there was definitely some places to improve last year. You look at the running game, you look at the mm-hmm. run defense, you know, there's definitely some things that can get better. As you look at this team as currently constructed, given the numbers that we expect them to have and sort of where they are in terms of um, you know, the personnel, I mean, as of yet knock on wood, doesn't sound like they're going to be, you know, worrying about this guy or that guy going into fall camp. Like they they should have a full allotment which is a first, you know, for them. As you look at this team as it's currently constructed, what are some of the places where you feel like they've got to take some steps forward going into, into the season?
1: Uh, depth, I would just say depth on offense and defensive line, especially defensive line because, first of all, you got to give credit to our defensive coaching staff, the way that they patchworked that defensive line after that pick game where we had a lot of injuries. Yeah, that's um, true. And, you know, when people look at the Georgia Tech game and how many yards we, we, we gave up, we didn't give up a lot of points, but we gave up 300 yards we basically had two defensive linemen and we we're playing with a bunch of backers. We'll use a different scheme. So you look at the Georgia tech, Virginia tech game. We just had a band aid, and we just out scheme offenses as far as we'll give you yards, but we're not going to give you points. And um, it was just a testament to that staff and how to prepare the guys that were asked to step in and fill that void. But you know how we recruited and the guys that are in here early uh, and and, receiving fanfare we have a lot of depth now defensive line what not oh. a lot but more depth right um you always you're never satisfied. you want more more and more but we have some added depth and some true um inside d tackle type right linemen mm-hmm. you know so that's that's a plus you t- you know we talked about Bryce Hall returning the secondary is still going to be good um Joey Blunt's going to step into the role of a Juan Thornhill and a, and a Quinn Bland and he's going to carry on that tradition uh, but our secondary is going to be the strong point yet again. And then the linebacker, we have a good problem now because it's like, which four is going to start? Right. That's a, right. That's a great problem. It's not a drop-off with either one of those guys starting. So, you know, that's that's what I like to see. And, and, of course, the offensive line, you always want to make sure you have depth there because we understand the importance of Bryce Perkins and what he brings to the table. And Coach 2J does a great job of just having guys being able to play various positions, but you want... To see those guys master a position. So I always look at the fronts, man. When you look at teams that are very successful, they are very good on the offense and defensive fronts.
0: Yeah, that's very true. I, I thought last year there were definitely some spots where the relative. Uh, I don't want to call it uh, inexperience. It wasn't necessarily experience. It was like there were guys who just had, had not had necessarily had to play the type of roles in certain spots that they were required to play last year. And sometimes they came through and sometimes they didn't. Uh, yeah. I think back to like that Virginia Tech game, right? Bryce Hall, probably the most consistent, most reliable player Virginia had all of last mm-hmm. year. right? I mean, there were times... If you if a if a if a if a player or excuse me if a coach called a play to go to his side of the field you thought they were just dumb because you you didn't even understand why anybody would even try him and in that Virginia Tech game there was that one you know that that sort of scramble deep pass to the to the tight end and I mean Bryce is there and how he didn't come up with that I'm still not real sure you know and it's yeah and so like obviously there are always going to be you know little bits and in, in, in plays like that that might not go your way but as a as a whole as a unit I mean I look at the defense and I think you know. You're right. It's it, if you start in the trenches, you look at what they were able to do last year. Vic Soto, I, I mean, look how they were able to get that production from like, you know, um, a couple of uh, a couple of um, um, pieces of bubble gum and you know some some <laughs> scotch tape, and they did. And then you look at what yeah. they're going to have this year. I, I'm writing a, a piece uh, as folks listen to this probably have already posted. Uh, the looking ahead on the defensive tackle spot, right? So Eli yep. Handback comes back. He's played thirty. He started thirty six of thirty eight games during his UVA career. I, he might be the most experienced player he that is. I've seen, right? In terms of just number yep. of starts. Very rarely do you get a guy who's had that much experience going into a senior year. But then last year you saw Tommy Chris, you saw Jordan Redmond, you saw Aaron Falmui. You know, mm-hmm. even if Tommy Chris ends up playing a little bit more outside, which he at times I think later in the year last year he he looked better at in maybe than he did tackle at least in terms of his grades. I but, agree. But Falmui, I mean, look, he played in twelve or thirteen games. He started four. Jordan Redmond played in in a bunch of games, depending on what the matchup was. They're going to be as good a defensive tackle by themselves, even before we start talking about Jawan Briggs, right? Yeah. Now, my guess is Smiley is probably a guy who can work inside or out, probably going to be out. uh, You know, the four-game rule will be really interesting to see him play. But just if you just think just tackle, don't even talk about ends yet, just tackle – Right. that's already markedly better than where they were at times last year where you were worried you know, because of the pressure both at in and at tackle. You weren't really sure, you know, all right, where are you going to play Eli? What's the, what's the place you need him the most? You look at the roster as it's currently constructed, and that line has a lot of potential. You've got this nice mix of like experience and playable depth, but then there's some youth and some guys you can bring along. I mean, I don't, I don't think for a second that there isn't something you can do with Jawan Briggs and get you know, a lot of good production out of him. Um, especially because some of the schemes that Virginia is going to be facing have changed, right? There's a whole lot of change throughout the ACC and especially the Coastal Division, not just in terms of head coaches but in terms of offensive coordinators. So what, what they're going to see in some ways is going to be different. And so in some, I, I guess what that means to me is that some of these guys with experience, they're going to be facing a different version of right, of what they, maybe same same sort of talent, right? Some of the guys might be the same, but what they're doing might be different. Like North Carolina, for example, they're not going to be running the same stuff. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Georgia Tech obviously not going to be running the same stuff. Yep. Uh, you know, with the head coach change there, Miami um, too. My yeah, exactly. And so, um, and I believe didn't Pitt change its offensive coordinator too? If I'm not mistaken,
1: they they may have, but I think they always going to stay that blue blue. Yeah, style that's of, true. Around the pound. Um,
0: but so if you look at the uh, you you look at the the league or the schedule as a whole, and I just think this defense you can you can look at last year and, and point to a handful of places where they could have been better. Right. Yeah. But it's hard not to come away from that experience and going into this year and think this group's not going to improve. Even if you think like, look, Juan and Tim were really, really good last year. You know, Chris was good last year. And the yes. fact that, you know, you can take away these pieces and think, damn, they might be better, but they, they, they probably have arguably the, the best cornerback in the country. and, I understand that sometimes that can put pressure on you because you have to have the other side has to be ready, and I mean and is real good. Darius Bratton and is very good. Bratton's a real good
1: corner too. Yeah? Like
0: people forget last year going in, you know coming out of fall camp, a lot of us, myself included, thought it would be Bratton at first because of just how much he had pushed Tim Harris. And I think Tim Harris didn't would not have had the season he had last year if Darius if Bratton wasn't hadn't pushed Bratton. him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like exactly as I right. look at that defense, I just think no matter who what the mix is, you know whether it's the rotation at linebacker, rotation along the defensive front. Uh, what the, what we've seen from this team and this staff has been they can get you ready defensively. Now that they have talent and they've got good depth, it, it you know it it certainly is in a and a better spot. And guys are healthy offensively. It has to start with Bryce Perkins, um, mm-hmm. a guy who I think is not getting nearly enough pub nationally for not just the season he had last year, but also too like the fact that he did it with with this pinky finger that is like. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know if like it if, if, I don't know what was on that pass to him in the Louisville game, but like whatever happened to him, or maybe he re-injured it on a helmet at some point. It was like a nuclear bomb dropped on this poor kid's pinky. He couldn't get it right. He finally had to have surgery. He's just now getting to a place where he's throwing regularly. What are your expectations for Bryce next year? What, what's got to What's got to improve for him specifically in order for the offense to take a nice step forward?
1: Uh, just his accuracy and his decisiveness. Just understanding. Coverage, pre-snap, and getting the ball to the receivers in an accurate fashion. Um the one thing about him that I would like to see him is hitting those those skinny posts because I believe they'll be there because of the zone read, because of putting the ball in the belly of the uh running back, it causes those linebackers to step up and you may get a strong safety cheating also. So you have that window right window right on the hashes to where he could put it on the receivers. And I'm not saying he missed guys because he hit Tavars Kelly a couple times. Yeah. And, you know, Tavars is shorter than me, and I was a short receiver. So if you could hit a kid like that in his chest, you're showing that you're very accurate down the field. And um, the thing about him is just being able to slide to his left side versus to a strong, his, mm-hmm. you know, his, str- yeah. his strong side, but ability to maneuver in the pocket to his left and be accurate down the field. Yeah. And um, if he could do that just a couple times, and just show teams that he will let it fly from the pocket, going to his left, and he can be accurate, that helps us out overall, because teams are going to have to use a spy. Mm-hmm. We're going to get a lot of man coverage. If we do get any type of zone, it's going to be a cover three like a Seahawk. If people remember mm-hmm. the Legion of Boom, they ran yeah. that cover three where Cam Chancellor would come down. So With him, it's just accuracy and having catchable balls, because he can put a lot of smoke behind it. He has a Aaron Brooke type of Mm-hmm. Fastball. Not the same level as Aaron Brooks. I don't really? want people to get that confused, but <laughs> you know, I, I know he broke my pinky before, but um, <laughs> but he he can whip it. And uh, I know Aaron Brooks is you know trying to communicate with Bryce on several occasions, so he's cool. got a OG like that in your ear, you can only get better.
0: The thing with Bryce last year that I thought was, was the most impressive beyond just his athleticism where there were a handful of games where it didn't really matter what the defense threw at him. it, it Either he was being coached very well or mm-hmm. in terms of preparation, or he just had a good feel. Then there were other games where when the pressure would come, he would do this thing where he would sort of put his head down and he's trying to look per, out of his peripheral vision, right? And he's trying to yeah. feel where it's coming from and he would wait too long. And it was almost like, he, you know, a lot of us forget because of the season he had and how good he was like dude did not have a lot of seat time going into last year. You know what I mean? Like that's true. He came in as a really talented kid, but he didn't, it's not like he had played a bunch of, you know, football at, you know, Arizona state or anything. I mean, he left and gone to junior college and certainly he got a lot of burn there, but even Mm -hmm. then, you know, he, he's not like he had a lot of seat time at at this level. He was still sort of getting used to the timing and everything. I would expect that, it makes sense that his 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 accuracy will improve simply because his feel for the playbook and now that having, you know, full use yeah. of that hand for example. I think in watching last year, it seems pretty clear to me that he was he was coached to if it, if it wasn't there on the first read go. And mm-hmm. I think his progressions are going to be really key this year because when you take to your point a minute ago that if you show if with a guy like him if you show the defense that you're willing to to throw it, uh it puts him in a in a bind. I think you only really need what two, three throws a game from a guy like him to just basically freak the defense out because you you can't you can't defend down the field when you're running forward to tackle. You know what I mean? That's like you, true. You you can't you can't defend. You know your, your hips, <laughs> your hips don't work that way, right? Like you can't turn and turn and be in two places at once. He's got he he's got the skill set that can put so much pressure, especially on the heart of you know the middle of a defense. My 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 thought is. The more he's able to to go through his progressions, you know, and and I think our piece on the tight ends really sort of focused on that. Like Evan Butts's targets went from you know from basically in half from his junior mm-hmm. senior seasons, and his his production level obviously went there as well. It, not necessarily saying that like oh Virginia should have used a tight end more. I think it's just a function of him being able to. To, to read, 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 and then get the dump off versus, you know, going. Yeah. Look, there were a lot of times last year where Bryce running was the best offense best Virginia asking. was going to have, you know what I mean? So I don't want to yeah. make it seem like that, but a guy who can go through his progressions and then make you pay on the ground, that's a different thing. Um, at the running back spot, I, that's the thing for me I feel like Virginia has to improve on. What are your thoughts on the on the current running back situation and how they go about not just replacing J.E., but also improving as a running game beyond just what Bryce does?
1: You know, that's a great question, and the the thing that I I struggle with, I'm trying to figure out is it just personnel or commitment, meaning commitment as far as what are you trying to accomplish with your running game? Are you just trying to use the run to keep backers honest and continue to keep that second-level window open and opening up much more with your little uh, mess routes and, and bang aches and things of that nature, or are you truly trying to establish a line of scrimmage and use the run game to your advantage and that's what that was always my question with coach and I and I saw as the season wore on that um, it was times where I felt like we could have gave Jordan the ball more but you just never know with the flow anything could change the flow of the game and and the game plan that you have coming in from a turnover to a sudden change as far as offense may have a big play and they score and just the momentum sometimes you get we're human so you want to attack and score quick you may see a matchup Depending on coverage and the the fronts that they're showing, so it kind of takes away what you game plan coming in. Um, so you know, with PK Kier, Lamont Atkins, um, you you have backs. Mike Hollins coming in. Um, we have I always call him the, the the Samoan Slasher, uh, <laughs> the, the kid that was on the mission. Yeah, we his last name. Yeah, Wayne. Uh, I always ta- get his name. talent yeah, so I give him I give him nicknames. as <laughs> a nickname, case, I like that. Yeah. That's smart. And I and I like him because he has sudden quickness. And yeah, he, he hits does. the hole very fast. Um, so it could be by committee. Uh, the short passing game could be used as the run game, but it it, it all starts up front. And, and what coach feels like gives us the best chance. Yeah. I mean, one thing I don't want is to have a lot of hits on Bryce. And the thing about Bryce is, and it's gonna be blasphemous, Santa's name when we are talking about Virginia football. But it's the Michael. Big no, effect. No, you're right. You know, you're right. It, like you talked about, the hips of a DB. You know, you have to make a choice when you have three in the backfield in the shotgun. Are you going to commit to the run and show your hand and show you have one safety high, or are you going to keep those two safety backs back and allow us to have the count because that's how the zone read really work is all right. about how many guys in the box and you're going to dare us to see if we could beat you running because we've demonstrated that we were we will run a quarterback power. We won't even put in the belly of the of the running back. We'll just run Bryce. Mm-hmm. Are you going to take that chance? So um, that's the great thing about having them in a the shotgun.
0: I got one other offensive question which I'm going to I'm going to park for right now and I wanna I wanna focus on this. I don't believe you ever played in um you can you can correct me if I'm wrong here. What we would what we would call today is a high tempo offense. But I'm curious what you would think of playing and what are the challenges if Virginia wanted to go fast, right? So when, when coach and I and his staff was at, at BYU, they -hmm. were one of the fastest in the country, right? And they, they wanted to go fast. They have not talked about that much, uh, since getting to Charles, other than to say that like, you know, it wasn't going to be something obviously they could do right away. I, I wonder if they're in a place now with the depth they have on the offensive line and sort of the talent they have, because I've always thought that one of the reasons why they were not necessarily, um, Open to abandoning the run, but more like the the reason sometimes the run sort of drifted from the the radar is because they didn't have the grinders at guard that they felt were going to be able to do the job and they can't go fast. And so a lot of times what they would do instead was to rely on the short passing game, you know, stuff around the line of scrimmage to essentially kind of simulate that. What do you what do you think about this group going fast? Is it something that realistically as a as a guy who played, you know, this game, is it something that they could do? Is it something that you want to see them do? What's your thought process on tempo right now?
1: Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head when you talked about just the first of all, starts with the quarterback. So with Bryce, not having true experience as a starter, that played a role in not being able to go to NASCAR because you want to kind of spoon-feed them early and you want to put them in the best situation to be successful because it's his first season as a starter. So Coming in the second year, was similar to Kirk. Kirk's first year was very vanilla, and we got more elaborate as the season went on. And you saw his senior year, the whole playbook was open, and we were that much more explosive. So now you have Bryce, a guy that's not learning anything this summer. He's just reviewing and and expanding. And now we look at our offensive line and who we have returning and— their familiarity with the with the playbook, and can they think on the run? Because you're not only speeding the defense up, you're speeding your mind up also because you have to identify the front. You have to understand the the check with means if it's two players at the line of scrimmage, depending on if you have a three technique or a one technique, meaning if you're the guard in the center, if, is a guy in front of you or is that D tackle on the outside shoulder of the guard? Now we kind of understand if we're going to run the inside zone versus is he going to pull it and we got mess routes or – Will Rouse on the outside. So it all depends on everybody and their ability to grasp the entire offense. So, you know, we got Alameda that left, but Billy Camp and Tavares played a lot of minutes last year and they were in the playbook. You got Hassis on the outside. You got Joe Reed. He's playing on the inside, some also. So you have veteran receivers that understand concepts. So it's there for us to play the NASCAR style because PK Kier and Lamont Atkins have experience running the football also with Chris. So it's there. And i that's a great, you know, great thing that you brought that up because that plays to our strengths because we are so well conditioned as well.
0: Well, And that, and and that's, and that's part of it too. Like for me, when you, when they went out and got a couple of big receivers, not just in the recruiting class, but also in terms of uh, the, the grad transfer market, that, that changed the calculus a little bit for me because now you can put a group on the field that you can, you can do a variety of things with. And this brings me to that question. I just parked a second ago. I, well, my biggest complaint about virginia's offense the first 3 seasons has been that i'm sitting in the press box and i can look <laughs> at the people on the field and i can tell you probably with a probably a 75 80% accuracy exactly what's about to happen now what's about that, to happen that yeah. changed a little bit when bryce came because bryce can do things different and so you can make it look one way and do something different and i thought that was a good thing because mm-hmm. that would that would give you know it if nothing else it would give them a little bit of pause i still think that from a personnel standpoint Virginia had too many times in the first 3 seasons put dudes on the field that it for all intents and purposes tip you off. Not yeah, exactly. But but a big, you know, if you put Tanner Cowley in motion from right to left and given to person down the backfield, you can tell okay, this is a run and it's going to go yep. this way. They got to start doing a better job, I think. As somebody who's never coached or played football, I think they got to do a better job. No, of, I think that's great. No, I of, think that's of, a great. Switching some things up, and I understand yep. too. Like, if you were in a NASCAR package, right? Mm-hmm. And and I know I've used NASCAR for both defense and offense. So my apologies to folks who've. who've kept you're just saying because the, the tempo, right? It's yeah. Key. So like, if you're going to use this, if you're going to go up tempo, a lot of the, the 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 reason, the thing that can make it happen for you is because you can leave the same group on the field and call a variety of plays out of it. But then mm-hmm. if you do that, you don't tip your. Hand And I feel like too often what they've done Is they've tried to get they have a specific play In mind that they want to run and they go out And they find the dudes who run that play And then they put (laughs) those dudes on the field except after You know three four games it kind of Becomes obvious and so I'm not this is not A knock this is more of just kind of uh, it's, a revelation of sort of what happens to you and when you have a when you have a roster in flux. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you have a, a when changeover and you have guys who are filling different roles or or whatever, they're in a place now where you've got plenty. Look, would I, would I love for this team to have Alameda keys back? Absolutely. But look, they got good dudes in the slot. They got mm-hmm. big guys on the outside. They've got some some running backs who can work out of the backfield into the passing game. They've got one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in the country, and I think that they have an offensive line, which, depending on how the the center battle goes, you know, you're probably going to be able to move Dylan Rankinsmeyer, whether it's to guard or tackle. But you're going to be able to have, for the first time, probably your most athletic lineman, and you can yeah. pull and you can do different things with him you know i this offense has a lot of good pieces. There's no reason to suspect even without o that they can't be pretty good. I just think that personnel is a big is a big part of you know where this thing has to settle what are what are your thoughts and it sounds like you agree with me on the whole uh you know personnel package thing but what do you, how how do how do they sort of get past that going into the season?
1: you know that's that's a great assessment because it's almost like You've been on in a conversation with me and Tony covers because we say that a lot, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's just one of the things, like, former defensive, defensive backs and I was a former receiver. So, right. first of all, I'm speaking of the receiver. I'm frustrated because you're taking me out right. on certain plays. And I'm right. like, that's disrespectful. Like, let me sharpen up my craft and show you that I'm interchangeable. Meaning, you could, like you said, you could keep me in on every package right? because it makes it that more dangerous. And I think that's why we was that much more successful when we played South Carolina in the bowl game. Because if you looked at the bowl game, we didn't really do it as much. Exactly. And yep. we showed them different wrinkles. And I think it's all gonna fall onto the guys that are available and how much they can grasp as a playbook and that can help coach and I with the way that he's calling plays. Cause I'm pretty sure, man, he doesn't want this platoon seven. Right. But he wants to make sure he can maximize each and every play because that's how Coach Mendenhall is. He wants to maximize every rep. Every rep, every play is important. Right. So when you're preaching that principles. It's like, yeah, do we wanna be cute and try to outsmart you? Yes, but we are we outsmarting ourselves? Right. So in this way, it's like, yeah, you may know, you may think you know, but I feel like I got I certain counterplays. Right. I always feel like if you're gonna show a certain package, have a counter to the counter. Like right. you know, you you stop me here, I'm gonna give you the same look, right, the same flow, but I got a different play. And I, and I think Bryce, as you said, he was our equalizer because sometimes Bryce, on his own, just was like, you know yep. what? They know <laughs> nope. this play is coming. I'm out of here. Yep. You know, nope, what I'm, saying? I'm out. Yep. <laughs> I mean, we laugh, but you, I could, you could tell by his body language, I'm out of here. Yeah, and he would hustle to the sideline and just say, "Hey, man, you know, coach Beck might ask, like, what did you see?" And he'll say, I, "I, thought they, you know, we tipped our hat." Yeah. And that's the great thing about having a mobile quarterback. Yeah,
0: I think for me, it's like I don't think that 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 dr bob does it because you know he's just setting his ways whatever i think he yeah. genuinely thinks to himself all right This is what we want to do If we do it right It will work Even if they know it's coming And I I understand There are a lot of coaches That think that Like Paul Johnson Ran an entire offense For years and didn't care Right (laughs) Like like, there was Like you know They're going to shut down The dive Okay well you know There was no mystery to it You know it's Mm -hmm. like Nova King, Give it time and it works Right Um, But I kind of felt like Because the roster Was in flux Because they only had Let's say One or two guys Who could do this thing And that thing And if those things Were required for this play To work Then they had to play Those guys in those spots They're not in that spot anymore and it what's weird is it like in a way you can go through that transition and now almost make yourself more iron man right because mm-hmm. you're able to keep dudes on the field like there were too many times in the last two seasons Where me and and, and Ferber would be in the press box and be like, why isn't it be a third down somewhere? And be like, why isn't Zacchaeus on the field? Why is it yeah? Like Zacchaeus should never (laughs) leave the field. Like he should go. I mean, look, I love you, O but like you should be on the field all the time. You should go home every night after games and be like completely dead because you can't move because that's how good that kid was. Like, yeah. And 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 anytime you take that kind of playmaker off the field, you are making life on the defense easier because if nothing else, you know they have to pay attention to him. And that was one thing about the bowl game. I thought, like, he was out there. I he was mean, like I, a, a I, I can't. I I've not looked at his snaps, but I bet you he played like eighty percent, um, and maybe until the blowout part of it was. Mm-hmm. But at least through the first three quarters, I mean, he was out there doing work, and it wasn't just because the thing is, is that when you put a good player in a good spot, like. He was making plays, not just because you know he's good and 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 Bryce was finding, but he was out there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you got to give the guy the opportunity, and more often than not, he's going to be open. Like that's just who he was. You know what I mean? It's like account, just got to account for him. It's almost right, like exactly. when you
1: looked at Golden State when the one game KD played in the finals, yeah. you had to account for him.
0: Yep, you have to. That's what made for him. it
1: hard on the defense. You and know, that, it, it, like your your piece of mind as a defensive back. It's a peace of mind. If you know the star receiver's not there, oh, we checking zone. We yeah, check, like we're checking some type of road coverage right. so where we know we're gonna go out to the number two guy right. because we know the third guy's out there in the field now. So and I this think is, you exactly right. And
0: this is one of the things that's always frustrated me about Virginia's basketball's offense, right? Because I was mm-hmm. always looking and think, well, sometimes as a when when your whole mindset is defense, you are you are allowing the other team to basically set your rotation, right? Because yep. you, you you're accounting for things on defense. You're not looking at like, hey, we've got some really You know, we got good length. We should make the most of that length on the offensive end. In terms of this, it's like if you allow the other team to basically benefit from you taking a guy off the field, right? then essentially what you're doing is you're giving up the leverage you have, which is to understand, like, hey, if, if Olamide Zacchaeus is in the slot, I know they have to account for him. So what can I do? Because you can not only run plays for him, but you can run decoy plays off of him. You know, mm-hmm. you, I've always been – I, I, I thought for most of last year that one of the most simple things you could do is put O in motion and just have Bryce fake it to him because if nothing else, right? You're
1: going to get somebody You're going to get go. some
0: sort of response. And then you're, <laughs> what you're also doing is you're inviting the defense to make a mistake. Dude takes a bad step there. Somebody slips You know There's some You know There's some opportunity For for them to make a mistake Trying to keep up With one of the fastest Players in the league One of the best You know Receivers in the league As well as One of the best Fastest quarterbacks In the league And so I, I look at Virginia's Talent on offense I'm really excited To see Talia Papa Because I feel like in watching him this spring, that dude puts a foot down, and he's yes, he know, does. I mean, he he is he is he is very decisive in his running style. He's not somebody who gets lost in a lot of East West stuff. And I'm mm-hmm. not I'm not one of these people who thinks that like all of a sudden you know you can just say like yo dude makes a cut and, and that you're like Jordan Ellis was that way too. But but Je this but Tyler Papa has a different sort of um pop when he does it. And yeah, he got
1: a different gear than Je Je had a he had thunder with him. Yeah, and this kid would disappear yeah from you like if you're if you're a linebacker you almost would rather have JE because linebackers are Contact magnet, so right. they were rather they would rather tap well they'll tap out by the end of the game, but they'd rather <laughs> hit JE right but with the Samoan slash they don't want none of that because no. he could juke you in the phone booth because yeah. he's not going to give you any wasted move. Right, and, and I saw that in the spring, and, and it's you su- have to surprise me.
0: Yeah, and you have to account for it because like JE would kind of he wanted to like he was like a bowling ball, right? He oh, yeah, to He going to run you over. Yeah, he wanna go through you. What what <laughs> Ty Papa wants to do is he wants to hit that hole and get by you, but yep. with but with the power, in a sense, like you can't arm tackle that dude, like you mm-hmm. have to be able to be in the Right spot and that's going to be you know Especially when you can when you can when you Can use that along with some of the other Shiftier you know pieces that Virginia has on Offense you know like Kelly and Kemp should be, you know, really interesting to watch this year in terms of where they go. You know, with Haas and with with Joe Reed, you already have two reliable pieces that you know can 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 get you, you know, possession receiver type stuff as well as down the field type stuff. You've got yeah. some length with with the Chapman kid with Brissett. You've got some uh-huh. length with some of the young guys. There's really no, you know, place that this offense, ha, you know, has a hole except for in terms of, you know, offensive line you know experience right so you've got you know Rankinsmeyer obviously been been playing his whole career and you got mm-hmm. a couple of other young guys who have played but they're still in that early infant stage so i wouldn't say that they're you know i got an argument with somebody on my board about this or discussion rather you know they're young i wouldn't say they're really young but i would say they're young and it's and and that's something that that they've got to overcome as a group because if they are able to to play a little bit above the level that they played last year with all things being equal this offense can be Incredibly good even with losing O, and I think that's probably the thing that should open People's minds like it's one thing for the Defense to be in a spot where they can just Keep rolling even though they lose You know Juan and Tim And Chris mm-hmm. right but for them for The offense to lose O and still be in A place you know where they they should be uh, it, It's it's pretty Telling about you know what this this staff Has done in a short amount of time uh, Last question for you uh, ball hawk I want to I want to get a a sense of what your expectation is for the season. What, okay? When you look at the thing as a whole, is what does success look like to you for this team going into next year, or I guess rather this fall?
1: Oh man, so you know, you always it's a great coach for us. Either get better, you get worse. Uh, so you know, you got to. We want eight games. You got to win nine for it to be a success, in my opinion. And to be a competitor, you you want to continue to trend upward so the schedule is not favorable this year to begin the season I mean we go right to Pitt you get one Murray, but then you play Florida State and then in two weeks you play at Notre Dame followed by Miami so it's 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 coming out the gate where if you're young you're not gonna be young too you're not gonna have to excuse too long um so that's the responsibility that comes with winning eight games and doing what we did in the belt is now you got a lot of expectations and the schedule is going to reflect those expectations. And you got Athens picking us to win the Coastal to play Clemson ACC championship. So everybody's expecting that now. They want you to live up to that. The basketball team put a lot of pressure on the football squad. The lacrosse team put a lot of pressure (laughs) on the football squad. All these track athletes breaking all these school records, everybody that's doing well, put more pressure on coach Bronco. He got a, you know, a contract extension, meaning it was more, incentivated of what he does on the field. So he's having to earn the extra money Earn not given. I love the extension right. part because it wasn't just giving him money. It's like, no, we're going to reward you for the product you put on the field. And that's what you want as a head coach. So I respect Carl and I respect coach agreeing to that because that goes back to his core values. But my expectation is when nine, nine, nine games or more, that's it. Um, when coming into this last year, um, I felt we would win seven to eight games. People always say, I always say seven games because I'm a Coach West disciple. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I admit that that's true. I'm always going to say at least seven. But, um, I mean, we flirted with nine to ten wins. You look at the last, the two tech games, yeah. you know, both overtime losses. But um, I, I could see nine wins definitely because it's there and we have the talent. Right. And the coaches demonstrated schematically they could get it done.
0: My man, Ball uh, Hawk. Oh, yeah, the seven wins. That's great. Oh, <laughs> um, I appreciate you coming on, brother. Uh, I we, I said we would do like 15, 20 minutes. It's now been 35. So let me get you out of here. But I, I do want to say I appreciate you coming on. Everybody out there, make sure you follow uh, Ball Hawk on Twitter. There's nobody. Listen to me now. There's nobody <laughs> after a game, win or lose that you want. I, I mean, other than me, other than Cavs <laughs> underscore corner. But there's nobody else you want other than I am Ballhawk because Hawk will serve the the juice to anybody. He doesn't care. You could be you could be the most ardent UVA fan. He will he will tell you to shut up. Be, I'm very think, protective
1: yeah. of of the brand, man. The, I'm very protective of the team. Yeah. I, I get carried away when it comes to football <laughs> and I understand that. And I got reprimanded before because I'm so protective. <laughs> So well, I, I choose I choose my my sins wisely. Now. There you go. I listen to Skip Bailey's. I, uh, I think before I hit sin. I
0: like that. Um, <laughs> but you can just definitely check out his podcast as well. Ballhawk, thank you for the time, my friend. We will definitely be catching up with you down the road. I uh, want to thank everybody out there for continuing to support the show. Uh, if you are so inclined, head over to Fanatics. We're part of the affiliate program. So uh, anything that you you purchase using the link that's in the podcast app right now or in the content item the, of this podcast, you can uh, help support the site. Doesn't matter if it's UVA gear or not. As long as you got there using our link, it helps us. Um, but, again, for Mod Hawkins, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CapsCorner.com. Thank you very much for coming out. We'll see you soon.